ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our series, Mountaintop Experiences of Christ. If you enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends and family. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, we have Ivan, Chris, hey. the drummer, drummer duo over here, yeah. and then Britt, of course. Woo-woo. So, um, not, not a drummer, not a, not drummer. a drummer. Yeah. But, um, nope. are you musically inclined at all? Not at, I, I like music. Okay. Uh, so I'm inclined <laughs> to listen to music. Good. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> that counts. All right. So we are, uh, jumping into a new series today, but before we get started, um, tomorrow is a holiday. Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. President's day? President's day. President's day. Anybody know why we celebrate President's day or when it started? Um. No, I was gonna try to think of something like funny, yeah, and I, I couldn't. Like, no. <laughs> I couldn't. No, I got. Okay. I got nothing. Brother needed a break. I don't know. <laughs> Get a little closer there, but I mean, yeah, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah, there we go. Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. I like how he got closer, but then his voice got quiet. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, I needed a break. Hey guys. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> It is actually, uh, we celebrate George Washington's birthday. Oh. What? Well, that was cool. So we celebrate one president's birthday and all it's for right. all the presidents? I, I See, think they just meld them together. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, I, just, I just thought it was a school holiday as a kid. That's all I remember. I like, we get off for president's day. Why? Because right. we do. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. come straight out of a war into a It's one of those holidays. That, yeah, right. nation, I guess, yeah. The schools right. get a day but, off. Yeah. The, so the schools no get else. the holiday, but yeah. then not a lot of, you know, businesses Businesses are closed. So it's kind of one of those that. We should change that. We should get consensus with yeah. the holidays, right? Well, yeah, because what if the kids if the kids yeah. have nowhere to go? What do the parents do with the kids then? They that normally take have, off, yeah. right? Like, might as well take off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, George Washington would have been two hundred and eighty-two tomorrow, and probably still looked great. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, in those photos you see with that, like with those curly wig hair or whatever, yeah. that, you know, yeah. I mean, he's probably like. In his 40s there, and he looked like he was 80. So I can't imagine what he looked yeah. like now at 242. Then, yeah, yeah. His hair still looks good though. <laughs> Wherever he's at. All right, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, we're going to be going through the mountaintop experience of, of Christ. This is the new series that we'll be going through. Pastor Steve Petty gave the message today, and uh, talking through uh, Matthew 4, uh, the different temptations of of Christ and everything. Um, you know. Let me just uh, get off on the the beginning of the the, the scripture here. So, uh, Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, "If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread." And then Jesus answered, "It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God." Just throwing it out there, what is, I know we kind of see bread as like this um, symbol in the Bible a lot. Um, when you guys see bread in the Bible, what do you guys think of? What is the significance? And does anything come to mind u- using it today? Mm. Well, I think about really just in the New Testament, how Jesus is referred to as the bread of life um, quite often. And it's interesting. So we've, we mentioned it on this podcast here not that long ago, um, kind of the challenge all year long to go through. And as you're reading the Old Testament, see where you can find kind of some glimpses of where uh, Jesus' kind of personality may have actually been there in the, in the Old Testament along the way, even if he wasn't 
you know, describe directly. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever I hear those analogies about bread, it's always interesting to fill in that gap with, uh, with just the persona of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the, the coming Messiah who just hadn't come yet at that time. That's so good. Yeah. Um, at least from what Pastor Steve was saying, I, I, I love how he made the connection to the fact that it, was, it, it wasn't all about the bread, right? It was just the fact of Satan trying to dismiss or interrupt Jesus's focus. That was the goal. It wasn't necessarily about the bread itself. It was about how can I get Jesus distracted on what he's doing right now, which is mm -hmm aligning himself with the perfect will of God, ready right. for this ministry he's about to dive into. And so I've never thought of it that way. To me, it was about the bread. It's been mm -hmm. 40 days, right? He's hungry. Mm -hmm. So like, it's all about the bread, but in reality, it's not. It was all about what can I, being from Satan's standpoint, what can I do to throw this to throw this guy off and, and dismiss his, his, his attention and, and distract his attention on what he's trying to focus on? So I just thought that was a great connection point that Pastor Steve brought up that I'd never really looked yeah. at or, or, or caught before. Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said. Um, and I think it's, it's completely relevant, you know, to us. One, it's relevant because today is, uh, you know, a communion Sunday here. Um, and um, like you said, Britt, you know, he's trying to separate and bring uh, Christ's son from off mission from the father. Right. You know, um, and then being communion sun, uh, Sunday, yeah, this is Jesus Christ, you know, talking at the Last Supper. You know, this is my bread. This mm. this is my body. You know, take this bread. It basically is like taking him in. Mm. All right. And so again, that talks about abiding. You know, I am the Father. One, the Father's in me. I am the Father, and his, you know, his wish, his desires that we would be in him as well. Right. So again, Jesus was, was on mission. And, and if Satan can take us off mission, if he can put our focus on flesh, mm. you know, rather than being in the spirit and obedient to, to God, uh, then, uh, you know, we're going to serve that. And that's right. what he offered. You know, he offered everything. He offered the world, ex mm -hmm. but, but bow down to me is what he said. Right. Yeah. Something really interesting too is I, it's always funny to look up definitions like in Webster's or something like that. Mm -hmm. Cause we hear a word all the time. We assume we know what it means. But to go back and actually read an actual definition, because uh, we always focus on, focus on this first part and not the second part. The actual definition mm -hmm. of temptation, the desire to do something, especially something wrong or something unwise. Mm. So when you really stop and th think about that, that's where Satan can get really tricky, not only in how he, he was trying to tempt Jesus, but us as well. Um, and Pastor uh, Steve had gone on, on, on into this quite a bit in his message of it's not that he was telling them to do things that were point blank wrong. It was things that were practical, that were basic, right. um, sort of like you need to eat. Would you like some food? I'll give you all this if you just take this food. Um, and so it's really interesting how you can see that analogy in your own life. When Satan tempts you, it's not often go kill this person, go commit mm. adultery. It's usually not something that obvious. It's something really subtle of I'm going to suggest you do something simply because it's taking you off task of what wow. God has directed you to do right, right now. And that's where he likes to attack. And it's, it's interesting seeing that now in hindsight, so plainly in these verses in Matthew that we were talking about today. Right. Yeah. That's good. But temptation that's is always, it, um, God is not in it. Yeah. Always. So it never comes from God. He says, I don't tempt anyone and I don't, and I can't be tempted. Mm. So it's always a form of lust. It's always a form of the flesh. Right. It's never, you know, innocent, even though it seems that way. It may, you know, okay, I got to eat. I haven't eaten in 40 days. Yeah. And it's, it's not. It's always that 
putting something above him. It's always, you know, putting something else in a higher um, relevant or, you know, a, a higher significance yeah. than, than him. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you yeah. know, if we're well, tempted by it. Yeah. Right. And again, let me clarify. I'm not saying that you know, when we're tempted, we're in sin. It's when we give into that. Yeah. You know, sure. We're lured away by yeah. our own lust, you know, our own desires. Um, and because Jesus was tempted in every way and right. did not sin. Now to say the perfect rapper to that is look at exactly how Jesus responded. It's, you know, if the definition of temptation is someone trying to get you to do something unwise, what were all of Jesus's responses? The word of God, Mm. which is where wisdom comes from. Um, that's what he always used as a reference of, mm-hmm. well, here's what the word actually says. He always mm-hmm. sought, sought wisdom in his responses. And he corrects the devil too. And, yeah. and, and oftentimes, <laughs> especially here, it's it's Satan trying to twist scripture. Yeah. He's using yep. scripture yep. with yep. Jesus. And Jesus, well, yeah, you okay, you're, you're not wrong, yeah. but it also says, you know. And, no, he does. He, yeah. does. he twists it and he perverts it. Mm-hmm. And he is wrong. Right. His native tongue is, right. he's a liar. Yeah. From the beginning. Right. Yeah, that, that was one thing I thought about, you know, listening to the sermon is that, you know, seeing how, you know, uh, Satan misrepresents scripture mm-hmm. and how we can um, hear those things from culture about what, you know, culture will say, you know, this using a verse in a way that is not necessarily the way it was intended to be no. used. Um, I wanted to just throw this out there. Is there any um, common ones that you guys can think of or Anywhere that you see that, that, you know, the culture of the world uses scripture um, in a way that it isn't intended or anything to come to mind with that? There's a thousand of them, but, you know, don't judge me. Do not judge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a very common one, which is, no, man, we're called to have good judgment. I'm not condemning you. Right. That's the Lord. He's, really, really, he's the judge. Really quick. I want you to finish yeah. that thought, Ivan, but yeah. it, it that reminded yeah. me of, uh, I think it's Lecrae, a Christian rapper, said he, he talks yeah. about, he says, you say only God can judge me, but if he does, it's going to be worse than yeah. if I'm judging you. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, we yeah. talk about that all the time. Yeah. You, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. well, if he's you the one that. judging you, I don't know if you want that. <laughs> I think yeah. you actually want me. To, not saying we should judge. I'm not no. I'm not saying we, we have a place right. to judge, but we have a place to, to call people higher. Yeah. Say, hey, we see how you're living. We see how you're, you, you, we're going to call you a higher Most place. love the guys that God yeah. chastens those he loves. Right. You know, and, um, you know, brother, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just, we don't condemn. There's no place for that. Even Christ doesn't condemn us. He said, I didn't come to condemn you. Yeah. I came to save you. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the ones that came to mind is that I've, you know, sometimes that people take the promises that were made to yep. the people at the time Out and take context. them on themselves or take them mm-hmm. on their culture or their, you know, U.S. citizenship. And that's what the promise is. You know, you can yep. take scriptures that were meant for different people and yep. Not trying to make it a promise yeah it's and just then, a principle then you, then you take it upon well, this promise was made for us as americans yeah. and it's like well i'm not really sure that's how it was used it's jeremiah I know so. the jeremiah yeah, yeah i know the yeah. plans that's what yeah. came to mind yeah a lot of people yeah. misuse that it's oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and this is just something i actually shared at my job I, I have the blessing of working at a christian community and we have conversations in chapel and that actually came up as somebody in one of our tools that we use they plugged in like a bible verse word of the day and, and something that really struck me, because I saw somebody do that, take a verse and kind of use it to apply to their situation. And so I always want to tell people, um, you know, make sure that those are great tools, especially if you have heard that verse before and you understand the whole context. But be sure 
you are not taking that single verse and misapplying it. Make sure you're reading that entire section of that scripture. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's very easily misconstrued, and we yeah. can misunderstand the intent of it. That doesn't mean that God's plans may not also apply to you if he chooses to, but right. just make sure you're reading the context of that. Yeah, no, that's right. important. I also talk. I also think about asking, you shall receive. Right? Like, uh, there's, there's, there's a few places we see that in scripture where, where Jesus is talking about asking will be given, seek and or uh, knock and it'll be opened for you. Seek and you'll find. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's to me in our human brains, right? Sometimes people can hear that. Okay, I'm following Jesus. I'm walking with Jesus. Where's that Ferrari at? Where's that mansion mm-hmm. at? Where's you know? And that's not what it's talking about. We actually talked about this in the three E's today. It's when you're rubbing shoulders with Jesus, you're walking with Jesus, you're yeah. following the Lord, your will is going to be refined and changed to his will. Yep. And so you're going to be asking for good things. You're going to be asking for the things that are within his will. And so, yes, you are going to receive those things. It's not just this free mm-hmm. pass of saying, ask whatever you want, and I'm going to give it to you. Right. It's this, hey, if you're aligned with me and mm-hmm. you're walking in my will— Ask and you shall receive. Right. It's mm-hmm. knock and it will be open and seek and you will find because you're asking for things mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit is pleased with. You're asking for things that are within God's will. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's a huge, a huge uh, mis- misunderstanding. With sometimes we can have like, oh, I'm walking with Jesus. Where's that? Where's that raise? Where's that? You know, where's that wife? Where's right, that husband? Right. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Is, is bad bad theology. So like you're saying, you know, what is culture misuse? There's a lot of bad theology too, you know, so you get the prosperity type gospel and that sort of thing where just like you're saying, it says in James, like, but you ask amiss because mm. you don't even know the, the God's desire. Right. You know, yeah. for you, you know, his desire so and aligning with that. But then when we align with that, we right. should pray it with a great expectation and, and um, not doubt. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then we get into, you know, how, um, you know, Satan asks, asks God to um, you know, throw throw himself down into um, off of the and then uh, let me let me pull it up here. So basically, he's he's testing he's testing God. And I wanted to ask a question about you know testing in the Bible. So uh, Pastor Steve you know, gave a, a quote. You know, God doesn't have to prove Himself to us, Mm-mm. and um, you know, God isn't afraid of a test. But we see that. God uses, you know, these tests. He tests us in Scripture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, He puts us us through these things, and then trials. Um, then, then we then we see that, um, you know, people call on God for for different tests to prove Himself or to show Himself uh, to to them, so that they can you know, trust on Him and everything. Uh, do you think that God answers tests when people are asking more out of humility or desperation? How do you guys look at those those tests, and how should we, I guess? How should we look when we are asking God to, to test? You know, uh, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I know what you're trying to, what you're asking. I mean, we can look at the 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 example that Pastor Steve used, and it was the Gideon situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like where God, you, you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. God can't be tested, right? But he, but he allowed Gideon to say, he "Hey, can't be you tempted. Know, right? You can't yeah. be tempted, yeah, right?" And and but even Jesus responds, "Don't test the Lord your God," right? Yeah. Yep. And and so, but I I think especially when we see it in the Gideon situation, it's not necessarily that he's testing God. Like, can you do this? Are you, you know, he's, I think he's seeking more confirmation and saying, okay, I'm hearing this word you're giving me, but I want to make sure it's you. Like Mm -hmm. a a lot of times I think we can, I can do that too. I'm like, man, there's an open door, Mm -hmm. but God, is that you opening it? Or is it, is it something else? Am I wanting to walk through that door for my glory and for myself? Or is it, truly where you want me to go. And so I think it's okay to do that. And I did that even before taking this position, I kind of said, Lord, here are some things I need you to move and do for me 
in order for me to be confirmed that this is where you want me because right. I don't want to make this decision and then find out down the road, crap, that's not where I was supposed to be. And now I'm, I'm, I'm walking out of line and I'm out of sync. But your and, heart and, is submitted to him. Right. And, that, and so I and that's think what Eric was alluding to, right? Like just submitting your heart to his guidance, right? His desire for your life. And I think that's where that's Gideon good. was. Gideon was like, Lord, I'll do it. I just want to make sure this is you telling me to yeah. do this. And so he got that confirmation twice, right? Right. Fleece, make yeah. the dew or the ground around it wet. And then, oh, well now let's do it the Strike other way. Make that, the, reverse yeah. it. Right, yeah, right, right. I, I think we can look at those and say, you know, that was, that's arrogant for him, you know, you know, asking him to do that and then do the reverse. Do it again. Do <laughs> but I think it can just be of like, you're, you're having that conversation with God. You're making sure that you are close to what he, what he wants. And right. Mm-hmm. So I think it is like that confirmation as well. Um, it's less the, hey, prove yourself, God. Yeah. And it's more, I'm making sure I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to be out of step with you. So I, I guess. How are you tested though? I mean, think about like with your kids, you know, yeah. and you tell your kid, clean your room, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, did you really say clean my room you know, for me to clean my room? <laughs> yeah. Define clean. How many circles you want to go around? Yeah, are you testing me? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say too, just to. That's funny. No, the only place I know in the New Testament where is you know test me on this, see if I don't pour you out a blessing. You know, talking about. Sure. But I don't even think that is so much. It'd be like what Chris is saying. You really need to study the word and take it in context and look at it, and you know, it's basically like I've told you what it is. Right. Believe me. You know. And I'll say two two different points. Like, to almost answer your question directly, Eric, is you know how do, how do you is it okay to test God? I think the important thing you need to stop and ask yourself is why am I asking God to confirm this? Is it because I really wasn't listening and now yeah. I need Him to repeat it, mm. or because <laughs> I good. believe it is, but I'm simply weak in this particular area in my walk? So unfortunately, yeah. God, even though it may have been obvious, I I, I need a confirmation. Sure. Um, and then I, I guess I something else too, kind of along that same line that stuck out in His message today on this topic is, and this is a question for everyone listening, is how do you know if something is from God? For example, what are the check marks that you go through? Sort of like Moses did with God. Okay, okay you know, if, the, if this is this, then I need to know this. He kind of went through these different checklists of like confirming that. So that's just something that was a challenge for me mm-hmm. is if I want to know if something is from God, and it's important to have a plan for that. If you just say, eh, it probably is because it sounds like something God would do, <laughs> that can be dangerous if you're not careful. And so I think it is really important whenever you're questioning yourself of saying, this this is an open door, but is it from God or from me? It's important to kind of have a checklist, whether that's an accountability partner who's been in their walk longer, who you can rely on to mentor you, whether it's somebody who's very knowledgeable in the word who can maybe mm. help point to you to certain yeah. areas of the Bible where that may be answered for you. But um, that kind of made me realize today, I don't have that checklist. I need to kind of grow one because um, that's important rather than just assuming, yeah, it sounds like something God would do, so it probably right. is. Think that's about- our wisdom because yeah, there's our exterior and we're a body. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if I'm one cell and you're another cell, we're still together as one body right. in Christ. I think that's good, but I also think it's it's internal as well. It's how close are you to him? Yeah. Can you hear his voice? Mm. You know, how much time did you spend with him? Do you know him and what yeah. he desires? You know, your intimate fellowship with God is is crucial to knowing. It's so you have a confidence as you walk. Right. Yeah. I, I we, we talked about it with the youth actually where we went through those how can we know it's from God? How do we know we're hearing from God? How mm-hmm. do we know? So the ultimate question was how do we know God's voice? And my ultimate answer was know God's word. You'll know books. God's yep. you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you know God's word, you will know mm-hmm. God's voice. Think about authors, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 read different maybe a bunch of different books from the same author. They mm-hmm. all have the same kind of feel. They have the mm-hmm. same kind of language. They have the same kind of build, you know. Mm-hmm. 
It's the same with God. His, his word, if you're in his word mm-hmm. enough, you know his word enough, See his heart, you're going to be able to recognize his voice when you hear right. it a little bit better. And so that was kind of our ultimate answer. How do we know it's God? Know God's word, know God's mm-hmm. voice. That, that's, that's how. His sheep know his voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, that word right. know, you know, in the, in the context is, is an intimate knowing. Right. I mean, to the point where it's likened to marriage, to the point where it's likened to sexual uh, sexuality in a marriage. It is, it is something beautiful. It is something intimate, something that's so deep and shared only between you and God. Sure. You're one. Mm. That's what it says. A man will leave his wife and the two shall become one. Mm. And that's what Jesus says in John. He says over and over again, I and the father are one. Mm. And I wish that, you know, God, the father and me and me and the father and we, and you and us is one. You know, so there's this one heart. This is one desire. Right. You know, yeah. this unity. Um, that's what he wanted. That's from the beginning of creation. That was the point. Yeah. Yeah. Be with us. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, when I'm thinking of, you know, hearing God's voice, when I'm thinking about like testing that God puts people through, you know, obviously thinking of Abraham, you know, he asks us to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, how much would you have to know God's How much would you have to know God and how much would, I mean, to be obedient to that? Exactly. And so I'm just thinking, putting myself in that situation. I'm not there. Yeah. Right. I I think I'd ask for, are you sure? Are you really sure? Show me a sign, Mm -hmm. another sign. I need another sign for (laughs) for you to tell me, is this really the right thing to do? So I'm going to need Gabriel to come down and tell me what he chooses. Yeah. Audible voice. Right. Right. And oh, so, man. you know, I, I think it, it is, it is good to be in, in the word, but like, I think what Chris said is like having people that are around you to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, this, this is coming from God and like, you know, being able to be vulnerable with yep. people around you that you trust, that you know, that are, um, you know, fearing God and, and mm-hmm. make sure that they are, you know, aligning with that. Yep. If, if you're, you're thinking it's coming from God. And so together um, we rightly divide the word of truth. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm thinking of, of just those those instances of being like, you know, if we hear it and we we think it's from from God, it's going to align with the scriptures. But you know, what if it's something that crazy that we can't, you know, you know, dive into the scriptures and necessarily like give a pinpoint answer that this is directly from there? I think it's it's coming from you know those around us too that the, yeah. the body of Christ to help us to understand to lean yeah. on your pastor, lean on your elders, the people that are. Um, maybe more seasoned than you that Mm -hmm. uh, lean on your small groups. There you go. (laughs) So join them. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, that was a one thing that, you know, really stood out to me with the the sermon today. We have the word of truth though. I think we we should always be confident in the fact that we have the scripture and Mm -hmm. that God said, I'll send you a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we should always know that no matter what flavor of Kool-Aid is going around, you always can be anchored in the word of God. Mm not going to fail you. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to that, you know, third point there, the, um, the power and leadership temptation that, you know, um, Satan puts us through and then, you know, sounds like pride. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when we, we think about that and then, um, looking at the, the scripture from Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven mm-hmm. and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, like you said, you know, that confidence that we have the authority through the scriptures to be bold, to be mm-hmm. confident in what we, you know, are doing. And so, 
Yeah. Is there anything else that, you know, stood out to you guys with the, the sermon today? Got any other mm-hmm. points, notes that you guys had? I've got a bunch. I wrote down like a whole novel. He was just throwing out a lot of great stuff. I, I thought just like um, what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would just a quick note on that, on the temptation, uh, something that I think was in there for a reason is after Satan, uh, had tempted Jesus for that, what happened after Jesus was sent away, the angels attended mm-hmm. to Jesus. So I think it's very important to remember that Kinda even though life. it's the power of God, that'll get you through it. It's important to replenish. And how can we do that today by surrounding ourselves with the right people, by spending more time in the word, by spending time in prayer one-on-one with God after we're tempted, because it will wipe us out. Um, so I think that's really important. And then also he, one other thing, uh, he mentioned, uh, he kind of had a little section about what's your spiritual diet like? And he mm. kind of uh, referenced that to something Jeez. physical. And he he had a good healthy challenge of if you're not in the word enough, are you spiritually starving? And what kind of stuck out to me is I ran into an old friend um, from a, who actually had owned a gym uh, about a year or two ago, a uh, big guy, awesome guy. Um, and, uh, and it made me kind of think back of – Whenever you're wanting to go to a gym for your physical health, there's a very, if you get a trainer, there's a very specific plan that you need to set. And what's it based on? What your goals are, where you want to go, where you're at right now. So if you realize that you're spiritually starving, um, realize that not everyone's going to get somewhere at the same time and and use wisdom because you can just jump in and say, I'm going to spend four hours a day in the Word. Is that doable? Is that probably going to be beneficial in some way? Sure. But if you have gone from not ever in the Word to suddenly that extreme, it can maybe wear you out really fast. So I would say um, with all the classes we have here at the church, with the small groups, again, with mentors, if you don't already have this, I've said this like a few times now because I know I'm challenged to do it. If you don't already have it, find someone who not only you can mentor, but who can mentor you, yeah. who's been walking very long, who can really help guide you. Um, because then you're going to realize if I'm really spiritually starving right now, I'm rarely in the word, then you you need someone to help you to be that coach to kind of give you the advice and the That's wisdom good. and the guidance to say, here's what I recommend. Maybe try this to start out with and then talk to me afterward and see where you're at. Maybe you need a little more. Maybe you need a little less. You know, always work out that plan because it's, it's interesting to think of that analogy between a physical Diet plan, nutrition with your spiritual health and how those actually have a lot of similarities. Well, who's going to, they're, they're liking the faith to running a race. Who's going to try to run a race when they eat once a week? Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're Steve, not, not going to run far. Steve's yeah. illustri- Pastor Steve's illustration was great too about that show that he's watching. Uh, yeah. uh, that, uh, he needs to get to Where the guy, TV. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alone. <clears throat> yeah. But the guy, like essentially, there's a guy who got removed medically from the show because mm-hmm. he was starving. He'd lost so much weight. And then they look at his camp and he's got 27 smoked fish ready to go, ready to eat. I got 26 Bibles. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's like how, how many of us are, are, are here at center point, not to call anybody out, not to, not to point Why the finger, at me, bro? Yeah. <laughs> but how many of us are here? And we know we should be on our word. We know we should be in a small group. We know we should be on a serving team. We know we should over. And that's like our 27, our 27 mm-hmm. fish sitting there ready to be consumed. And we're, we're sitting here withering away spiritually. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, man, it's like we, we're here. Come on, tap in, use it. Mm-hmm. Get in a small group. Get on a serve team. Uh, get, get in a Bible study. Whatever it looks like, man. Open up that word. Talk to somebody on our staff or someone, a friend that you have here to open the word with you. Get, get you know what word, I see man. with you, though, man, is you are attractive. Not... F- I mean, physically attractive. <laughs> but you are attractive. I was about to say, I'm sorry, that, I'm, I'm married. married. I'm married. I, I appreciate um, it, but I'm married. Um, <laughs> I got to close my eyes now. Um, is that your joy is is bubbling over. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. the Lord has filled you up. And that 
to me is the thing that attracts people to Christ. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people are exhausted and they're anemic and they're not in the word. And then I mean, so you have this privilege, you know, as, as you were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, he, well, basically just, he was greatest. Let him be servant of them all. Yeah. You know, that, Mm. that's the point. That's what Jesus came to wash the feet, you know, his disciples. And then he told them to go and baptize, you know, to wash clean, you know, and that's the water of the word. So again, that your overflow and your joy, you know, is, is attractive to people so that they say, I want that. And what you have is Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and to get that, then, then I want to join your Bible study, mm, uh, your home right. group. I want to, you know, be a part of the, the youth, right. you know, serve with the youth or, you know, or you are a youth, whatever that, that I think is, is a great catalyst to bring people to a place where they can t- taste and see that the Lord is good and they want that, and, right. uh, you know, and you, it's overflowing, you know, it's an endless supply, living waters. You say we have a life. You say we need more happy Christians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truly though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Man. Cause for the average person, you know, they're, they're working three jobs. Right. You know, they got kids, they got responsibilities yeah. and they're like, yeah, I want to, but man, I sleep four hours a night. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they need some sunshine yeah. in their life to say when they're in the dark place, I want to go over there. I want to spend time over there. And they see that it, is worth whatever sacrifice it took. Mm. And, and like, you know, Chris is saying, there was a lot of sacrifice that went up to that point, but then the angels came and ministered to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there's times where he says, and once you um, overcome, there's a crown of life yeah. he wants to give you. Right. You know, there's a refreshing. Yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah, guys. I think this uh great sermon, uh, beginning of the series, excited to see, uh, you know, the next couple sermons uh, going through this series here. Um, but, other than that, any closing thoughts? If not, we'll just wrap us up. Work right. on being a sheep and knowing his voice. <laughs> Brit's got nice legs. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave there. Um, <laughs> have a great week. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>